welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we're back. We did it. Hello. On time. On time. Yeah! On time. With a, with like, like we can do when we play really short games. I think yeah. that's just the thing. Yeah. Um, that's fine. No, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see a graph of our, uh, like uh on timeness over time and see if we've just been getting worse and worse at it or have we always just been not very good <laughs> um if we'd be getting worse i think so but that's fine things yeah. change i know at we least all... i have a lot less time nowadays yeah we all have yeah. a lot less time and more responsibilities i think than we did yep my seven my... years ago has it been that long damn it's been a while, for it's sure. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, my current responsibilities are... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, um, but I'm painting a mural in a friend's house. Because um, they're they're about to have a baby. Like, literally today is her due date. Um, oh, so we'll see, we'll see if that happens today or if the, they're going to need to do something about it. But um, So I offered as, you know, like a... You know, it's my New Year's resolution to do more physical craft stuff, and I'm not a terrible artist, and I wanted to do something nice for them for the birth. So I'm like, hey, do you want me to paint a mural in your, like, nursery? And they're like, yeah, that sounds cool. Why don't you do that? So I've been doing that, um, and that's been, like, my entire weekends for the last couple weekends. Um, what is the theme of uh, the, the nursery? A, I So... I don't know that the nursery itself has a consistent theme. The uh, the mural is a nighttime jungle. Ooh. Um, so it's like it looks like there's kind of like a a crack in the wall that comes uh, that like opens up towards the ceiling, and through it you can see like a a nighttime jungle, and there's like a little um little turtle in the river, and there's a there's a little baby jaguar hiding in the bushes. And uh, there's a little frog on the outside of the crack just hanging out. <laughs> Kyla, you can't see me right now, but my mouth is open in amazement. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can send you the mock-up I made that I've been using to are you protect gonna, the wall. Are you going to hide a little Escher in there? I considered it. I did consider it, but it is an Amazon rainforest, so Escher is, would not be a native species. I guess that's, that's true. Yeah, you don't want to go um, introducing invasive species to a yeah. delicate ecosystem that's fair that's valid yeah. <laughs> i appreciate that yeah but well, yeah cool. no it did it did cross my mind <laughs> i mean i'm sure it did so <laughs> yeah but um so i'm supposed to go there this afternoon after the podcast recording but i might have to take a day or two off because it turns out that like climbing up and down step ladders and like kneeling on the floor to paint small details like kind of makes your body real sore <laughs> so my legs are kind of hurting me today yeah even small scale painting i don't like it makes me way more tired than anything else like yeah. art related that's why i never took to painting one of these days i have all these watercolor supplies that i like i bought a nice set of watercolors like oh i'm gonna use these no I've done a handful of paintings with them. Oh, watercolor, it's so hard to set up. I got a cat. He'll make a mess. I have all these excuses. Yeah, I've had yeah. to keep the um, the cat and dog uh, out of the room while I'm painting, especially the cat, uh, because 
to ventilate it, I have to open the window. <laughs> and mm. she would just, like, dart out the window if we weren't careful. Yeah. Some cats do be like that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm having a blast with it. Like, I, I like, go to bed at night thinking about, like, okay, like, what am I going to do in the next layer? Like, what order should I do these sections so that I'm not, like... The, the logistics of it has been surprisingly complicated because every layer needs, like, three hours to dry before you paint anything on top of it. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of, like, first off, planning out on any given day what are the parts that I'm going to paint that will not, that will be on top of existing parts, but don't touch each other so that I don't have, like, conflicting wet paint. And then yeah. also, of the pieces I'm painting in any given day, what order to paint them so I don't end up, like, leaning against a part of the wall to brace myself that has wet paint on it. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, I don't know, murals are complicated, and I, yeah. I, 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 I salute you. I had a, <laughs> I had a friend, like, right out of college, who, um, she, for a while, her gig was she just painted murals, like, professionally for businesses, and it all started with some, someone was like, hey, do you do murals? Because she, like, she painted a lot, but she, someone said, do you do murals? And she said, sure! Um, yeah. And that was a lie. Um, but yeah. it became not a lie. <laughs> so... I uh, yeah. Start somewhere. Murals are super impressive to me. Yeah, it's and it's been a lot of fun. Um, I am a very short person, and I'm very afraid of heights. So, like standing on top of even like a fairly small stepladder, uh, holding paint in one hand and a paintbrush in the other to like reach the ceiling has felt very like rickety to me. But that's uh, what drop cloths are for, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm more worried that I'm going to fall off the stepladder and hurt myself. That's that's. Um, but yeah, no, it's I've been. Huh. Yeah, we have a little we have a little drop plastic down. I have like my painting clothes and oh, it's been a good time. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's difficult, but it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. That sounds like a, a very rewarding project. Yeah, and it's yeah. where I got a, I brought a friend's projector to, like, project my drawing onto the wall so I could, like, mm. trace it. Um, and that came with a whole other set of complications, because the room is, like, not big enough to have the entire image be on the wall at once. Um, so I have to, like, keep changing the orientation of the projector, which it's very hard to line up exactly uh, to get it the same twice. Um, and then you have to point it in a different direction to get it low enough for the bottom parts of the mural, and it's it's just a whole thing. Plus, I, I tried to get... I was trying to figure out, like, how am I going to trace, uh, like, uh, the design onto the darker paints? Because, like, for the initial step, I just drew on the wall with a pencil, and it was fine. But, like, for the darker paints, the pencil's not going to show up, so what do I do? So I went and I got, like, a white chalk pencil thing. Um, yeah. I was going to say white charcoal. Yeah, it did not draw at all oh, on there. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I didn't get charcoal. I got, it was like a, um, claimed to be a um, chalk pencil. Uh, it f seemed like pretty much like a regular wax pencil. I don't know. Um, mm. But yeah, it did not, it did not leave anything on the wall. So what I've been doing is I take my original drawing and I overlay the areas I'm planning to paint in bright magenta. So that when I project it, it's like super high contrast, and mm. then I've just been tracing it actually directly into paint. Yeah, I guess I guess if you wanted to do like a like a outline, like a quick one, you could do just like a really small brush and like 
watered down white paint. I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, I what I do is I do like the edges, you know, with the projector on, and then I I turn yeah. the lights up and and fill in the middles, and it's been fine. So that makes sense. Yeah, that works. Whatever works. Yep. Cool. That's a cool project. Anyhow, what have y'all been up to the past few weeks? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think I've done anything <laughs> yeah. in the last couple of weeks. I was thinking I was gonna um I was gonna bake some macarons this weekend because I've been like I've been really into baking, and then I decided no I can't I can't give myself a fun project because I have so much laundry that needs to be folded. Um, oh, so yeah, laundry can wait for macarons. Yeah, that's fine. I'm... Macarons are gonna be next weekend. I got some I'm... laundry folded, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm impressed that you would attempt macarons. They've, I, everything I've heard about them is they're very tricky. I've never, I mean, I've never done it before, but I, I've always wanted to. And I figure even if they don't turn out pretty, they'll at least taste good. So, you know, so it's fair. They're hard to do, like, so they look absolutely perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you accept that they can look like shit, then it's easy. Yeah, like I'm gonna try to make like, them look good. True of most things. Yeah, I'm gonna try to make them look good, but if they don't turn out looking good, like, yeah, they'll still they'll still taste fine. So it's fine. It'll just be uh, another like a, a, a excuse to make a future attempt. Also, I've been like looking up like here are some ways that make it a little bit less fussy. Um, mostly involve heating your egg whites before you whip them up to make them a little more stable. So I that's see. what I'm going to try to do. I've, uh, I'm posting in our group Discord the uh, macaron article I was looking at recently that just has the most gorgeous-looking macarons I've ever seen. Oh, those are beautiful. They're mint chocolate, and they're like light green swirl, light green with like darker green swirls, and some of them are like half dipped in chocolate, and they they look so good. Yeah, I'm just gonna do. I'm not doing anything fancy. I'm just doing. I'm going to do coffee flavored with like a chocolate ganache filling because I've got instant coffee on hand and I don't need much to make chocolate ganache. That sounds amazing and I want one. (laughs) Well, I'll let you know how they turn out. Yes, please do. (laughs) How about you, Carl? You said working? Yeah. That's all I've done. Just, just. So we had the. This last week was our last week before we were supposed to be trailer ready. Ooh, okay. Quite quite some work. Did you hit the deadline? Were you trailer ready? I mean, yeah, we're going to start on the trailer. If you pick and choose choose the exact right spots for the trailer, then yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, you're, you're trailer ready for you you might be trailer ready for like a very short trailer and that's fine too because technically it's not a lie so yeah there's technically not a lie (laughs) that's what we're going for (laughs) i i i hope that you have a a, a, enough to make a nice trailer yeah good luck good luck oh speaking of like trailers and game previews uh 
I saw someone playing an early, like pre-release copy of uh, Tachai. Um, if I don't know if any of you have heard of that, I certainly had not. Yeah, I think uh, I, it sounds familiar. I'd have to uh, look. No, sorry, I keep calling it Tachai. Tachia, Tachia is the name of it. Um, I don't know why I keep switching that I and the A around, but yeah, it's called uh, it's called Tachia, and it is a game specifically about. Uh, the island of New Caledonia, which is where Escher is from. Oh, this is the one where you where you have animals to jump into. I saw a trailer yeah. for this at some point. Yeah, yeah. And I so, thought it looked really nice. Yeah, one of the main mechanics is that you like uh, you can mind hop into animals and uh, like control them for a little bit. And this is the island with all the geckos. New Caledonia is where all the geckos come from. Yes. So like. Um, listen, if you can mind hop into a crested gecko, it's like uh, like automatically my game of the year. Um, probably they won't choose crested geckos because there are like, I don't know, like a hundred gecko species on the island. <laughs> and probably some of them would be better for, uh, for the game. But I think it's still going to be awesome. It looks pretty cool. But if the game does not include every single species of gecko for you to interact with, they're getting a strongly worded letter from you. <laughs> no, no. I, as long as they have at least one or two geckos, I'm fine. Um, and it looks like you know the the one of the main gists is that they're trying to do like a pretty high fidelity representation of like the feel of New Caledonia. So I, I'm sure that they'll be um, like focusing on a lot of the actual native species. So. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. I do remember seeing a trailer for that within the last however long, and I I thought it looked nice. And much to my surprise, Ev also was like, "That game looks really good." I'm like, "That's not the kind of game I ever hear you <laughs> like get excited about." But hey, yeah. I mean, it's so you can mind hop not just into animals. You can also mind hop into objects in this game. And so, like, part of the thing is, I guess, like the the big bad in the game has some kind of like control of like cloth and fabric so there's these weird little like cloth demons running around uh and one of the objects you can possess is like an oil lamp uh and then you can fling yourself into enemies to firebomb them that's pretty metal um uh, which yeah so I, it looks like it's gonna be um a lot of fun it looks like there's some like real cool fluid movement stuff that you can do uh in the game between hopping and there's also like a a mechanic where you can uh like jump into trees and kind of use them to like slingshot yourself yeah um so i'm i'm really curious i bet the speed runs of that'll be real fun to watch <laughs> but yeah i don't know maybe we'll play it when it comes out depending on how long it is yeah T-C-H-I-A, if anyone wants to go, like, wishlist it on Steam or whatever. I have already done so. Yeah. I'm looking at the game now. I'm, like, e easily distracted today. <gasps> um, yeah, well... Like a billion mechanics too. There's like a there's a little rhythm game thing where you play the ukulele. There's like a whole like rafting mechanic where you sail around. Um, you've got like yeah, the ukulele bit was and... in the trailer. I don't know. It's just immediately charming when a game lets you play an instrument in the game. Yeah. Um, 
You it can... doesn't matter if it's good or not. Apparently, you can pet any animal that you encounter. Um, I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, in in one of the trailers, there is someone petting a crab, which is pretty funny. Yeah, crabs uh, need love and affection too, and validation. Yep. Or something. <sighs> or something. Any. Yeah, or something. Um. Did I talk last time about uh about uh AGDQ? Because also like AGDQ happened fairly recently. Um Yeah. I feel like you did. Okay. I feel like okay. you did a little, yeah. Good, good. I'm still getting caught up on the VODs, so that's still like the thing that's out yeah. on the TV in the living room. <laughs> Alright, cool. Uh does that mean that we're ready to move on to talking about the game? <laughs> because it sounds like we don't have much else to talk about. I know. <laughs> it's one it's one of those days guys yes i think so um all right well uh in that case uh we played maquette for the past two weeks uh developed by graceful decay published by annapurna um released in 2021 really 2021 that doesn't seem right i know i was thinking that too <laughs> but i guess it was i'm pretty sure what, this is between really... early access I don't know, maybe, like, I feel like Google's little, like, sidebar for release info is often just incorrect. Um, but, I'm, I'm looking yeah, to see if I mean, I can... Wiki, Wiki says 2021. I was pretty sure I had seen Seanbo play it before that. Um, but, yeah, maybe he was playing, like, an early, uh, like, pre-release or something. Um, but anyway... Maquette, it is a puzzle game where the primary mechanic is that the levels are recursive. So the level contains like a miniature copy of itself and you can uh, change the miniature copy to change things in the large scale level and you can then like walk out of it into another larger scale version and then you're tiny and you can do a lot of stuff... Uh, with those things related to, you know, changing the size of yourself and your and objects in the level in order to solve puzzles. Sorry to derail. I I just found it on their Twitter. Uh, March second of twenty twenty one. All right. So early twenty twenty one. Yeah. I was pretty sure that like, um, I remember seeing Shanbo play it pre COVID, but maybe not. Um, COVID does tend to mess with one's. <laughs> Perception of time and yeah, memory. It really does. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's also a narrative game, um, detailing sort of the the story of a relationship as told, uh, kind of in the retrospective, through like one of the main characters reading, um, or not reading, but like looking through a sketchbook that they drew in together. Uh, in the early days of their relationship, and then just kind of, like, reminiscing about the relationship. Um, and it's, you know, the, it's not a relationship that lasted. It's a relationship that started and then ended, and so it goes through the whole lifetime of that relationship. Um, and, yeah, I guess, like, we can start there. Kelso, you had a lot of thoughts on <laughs> that um, subject. Matter. Yeah, my first my first thought was I don't think I would ever date someone who is this into into their ex. Um, 
And then my second thought was my, like, sort of my quick, quick takeaway. I just don't think that it's very interesting listening to someone wax poetic about their former relationships that didn't last, um, unless it's, like, a completely batshit insane crazy story. Uh, mm -hmm. Much in the same way that listen to someone tell you about a dream they had isn't that interesting. Unless it's a completely batshit insane crazy dream they had. Yeah. Um, and this does line up with that. <laughs> I felt yeah. the same way that I did about, you know, Florence. Like, yeah, oh, I was... we, we were together and it was great, and then it wasn't great, and then it was bad, and then we're not together, but we're still... We're on okay terms. We're on good terms. There's no ill will. Like, okay, well, that happens to lots and lots of couples every single day. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, and so... Like, I remember we played Florence for this podcast, and I remember liking that a lot more than I ended up liking the story for this one. Um, and, like, they're both published by Annapurna, so it's, like, an interesting comparison to have the two side by side. I, I think maybe it was because, like, A, Florence, from what I remember, was very short. Um, mm -hmm. It was, like, maybe an hour. <laughs> um, and... It like the mechanics of the game were like Florence is barely a game. It's more like a series of activities you do that kind of like punctuate the narrative. Um whereas this is this is nominally a puzzle game. And with like one or two small exceptions, the mechanics mostly feel like they have nothing to do with the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um which like I don't know. I, I think that would maybe have worked fine if either the mechanics or the narrative stood on their own, but they kind of don't. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I, like I, I said... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like I said right before we started recording, I just wanted a cool puzzle game, you guys. It yeah. looks like a cool puzzle game. The screenshots look really cool. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, it feels like it has some identity crisis. Um... But I also, like, when you, during the, like, relationship parts, mm -hmm. who actually talks like they do? Uh, yeah. It feels so very, like, uh, sitcom-y. Yes, yeah. No, it's, it's incredibly, like, especially the early parts of the um, relationship are very, like, manic pixie dream vibes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, where it's like, this does not feel like real people starting a real relationship. This feels like a meet-cute from a rom-com. Like... Uh... Yeah, and, and you've got, like, all of the, the, the characters there. You've got the, the understated version of, like, the manic pixie dream girl. Mm -hmm. uh, as I'm saying this as viewed through the lens of, we find out eventually that we're seeing all of this through... The memories of the the man in the relationship um yeah, who it's... is a a toxic soft boy just a <laughs> passive aggressive piece of shit <laughs> um yeah so it's arguably they maintain ambiguity um because like it's it's sort of um because of the way it's like written as like a letter from one of them to the other it could theoretically be either of the two characters talking to the other um and they do not technically reveal who it is but there's certain hints and implications that strongly imply it's the male character yeah i mean just the fact that it starts by him sitting alone 
and being approached by the woman. Yeah. Yeah, and there's like a thing. So there's that, and that's called back to later with like he talks about like you know I became the sort of person who like wasn't too shy to show people my sketchbooks or something like that, which implies that like that was him. There's also a thing about like call like he learned to call his mother, which was a thing that uh, the the Kenzie the girl was always bugging him to do. Yeah. But yeah, no, he is kind of like. A little insufferable. Um, like, Kenzie is a little insufferable in the Manic Pixie Dream Girl sort of way. Um, he is a little bit insufferable in the male protagonist in a movie with a Manic Pixie Dream Girl kind of way. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, dude, are you just, like, sitting on your ass waiting for someone to come and, like, turn you into a better person? Because that's not how this shit works. Well, yeah, and... I think the thing that really pissed me off was the um, the part where they're talking about, you know, their dream house. And he's like, I want a horizontal fridge that goes on the counter and it's at, like, counter height. I'm like, okay, that's not a bad idea. Like, it's silly and impractical, but mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I always wanted to live in the country and have some land and, like, a, you know, like a, a dog or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, well, do you want to add a white picket fence and 2.5 kids to that, to that dream? Like, Fuck you, man. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weirdly, like, the it was kind of the end that pissed me off the most. So, like, the last thing, um, you know, as I said, like, the entire thing is kind of uh, written in second person, first person, second person, where it's like, um, I guess it's first person. It's just first person directly addressing someone. Um, where it's like, you know, we had these memories and I remember when you did this and thing. And um, so at the end, it's like, um, you know, and then I spent all this time writing you this letter. And, you know, maybe I won't send it. Maybe just writing the letter has been enough. And somehow that pissed me the fuck off. Um, because it took what up until that point had been theoretically a game about two people to being just a game about one person and this this guy's particular perspective on it and that really bothered me i don't know if it should have bothered me nearly as much as it did but it really bothered me well and there was also uh, another line in that same like section that was like maybe that like i want closure but maybe the closure is that it's just over like yeah yeah, no shit. She's got a job on the East Coast, and she's, like, leaving. That's yeah. that's closure. She's moved on. Uh, yeah. You're the one who's making a big sad deal about it. Yeah, you already, like, had the meeting where you gave each other stuff back. Like, it's... Yeah. That was your closure. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I, I will... Okay, look, if we're, if we're complaining about uh, the characters, there was also the, the section where so the way it works is you'll kind of have these first person sections where the the text is like the what the character is writing in the letter and it shows up as text on the screen um in the environment as you're yeah. walking around and then eventually you get these voiceover narrated sections with the dialogue recorded between the two of them the woman is voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard which i was surprised by at the end um, and the man is also voiced by a, a I don't remember his name. I feel bad now. Um, but an actor who's done like a lot of TV. So like mm. these aren't these aren't like nobody voice actors that they've gotten. These are like actual working actors. 
Um, but there was the one section where, like, Kenzie, the woman, gets home from work and the guy closes his laptop and she's like, why did you just snap your laptop shut? What are you trying to hide from me? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, girl, you gotta chill. Like, please. This yep. is not a problem. Uh, Seth Gable is the name yes. of the, the guy. Um, yeah, and it's not bad voice acting. Like, they yeah, do a no, good the job with, fine. With, what they're, uh, with what they're given. It's just, yeah, the, the character writing, like, does not feel like real people. It, it feels, yeah, it feels like snappy TV dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And... <sighs> Yeah, I just, I really didn't relate. I was also kind of disappointed that, like, the game is about the sort of arc of this relationship, but they don't really tell us uh, why they broke up, right? Like, yeah. there's no there's no reason given it. There's not even a, like, oh, we just drifted apart, or, like, oh, it turned out we actually weren't that compatible after, like, the, you know, fresh new romance wore off, or, like... You know, we didn't have the same life goals or we were afraid of commitment. Like, we have no idea why they broke up. Just that the relationship turned sour. They, like, went through the motions of, like, pretending that it wasn't falling apart and then it fell apart anyway. And, like, so, you know, we get the stages, but we don't get any of the reasons. And that makes it, like, I don't know, very difficult to to kind of feel sympathetic for the why the relationship ended. Yeah, we get we get the one like big argument scene, mm-hmm. and even then there's the text that's like you know this felt different, this felt real, this felt like a bigger deal than the rest of our arguments. But then after that, it's like, oh, he just moved out. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he then he like left that night and like started walking, uh, and just was like until he like left basically. Which was exactly the thing that uh, she accused him of doing, which was, like, running away and leaving the room whenever they had an argument. Um, <clears throat> but, like, I don't know. So, yeah, did did you just, like, walk all the way to a friend's house and, like, not come back? Or, yeah, just like... to show up at your friend's place and crash on their couch for three months? Like, what was that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I assumed that there was a formal breakup in there. Um that yeah. we didn't see. Yeah. But you'd think that that would be something that was included. Yeah, and the the breakup and misery is like actually the coolest part of the gameplay. Um <laughs> because you go through from having your like interestingly or not interesting but okay, let me start over. Uh the gameplay of Maquette. You um you start in this sort of like free roam, like, garden space that just tells you, like, how to do the basic mechanics, like, how to hold objects and and things like that. Um, And then you get into uh, an area where there's, like, a big red dome in the middle that is, uh, uh, contains the maquette, the mock-up, the, like, little little, uh, model version of the level. Um, and the generally always has the dome in the center, but there are like four buildings around it, and those buildings change from level to level. And usually, like only one or two of them is uh, accessible at a time, and you have to do uh, your problem solving to get, uh, you know, to into the one that's accessible. 
and then you get to you get rewarded with seeing one of the little animated sequences which causes something else to become accessible which you then go do until you've completed the level um and they do that for like the first three chapters or so four chapters i guess the gardens is not technically uh, a maquette level so it's the gardens and then the maquette the gateways and the wedge are all um are all like that i think the escape is the first one that's not yeah um and so then like the latter half of the game is you actually just kind of like abandon the space and you like wander through like a maze there's a weird like semi-invisible maze and then there's like this really you know i'm a sucker for surrealist landscapes there's this really cool yeah. like surrealist like falling apart floating rocks kind of mm -hmm. uh palace that you have to like repair the bridges and like wander through the palace um it has one of the more bullshit puzzles in the game um but uh like i i thought that sequence was like real cool and then the last level is you're back um in the sort of maquette space um it's a you know little little different it's like a bunch of towers that are surrounding the maquette uh but this time the only thing you can pick up is the dome itself so <laughs> you like move the center of the uh of the level around um and that's you know that's got some ludo narrative potential there right like it's about learning that like you're the one who has to change rather than the world um etc etc i don't know it's kind of interesting yeah um but yeah that that little the little like two level sequence where you're just it's just mostly like an interesting walking sim was kind of my favorite part yeah i yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean there's just a lot of you know cool stuff conceptually but not of in terms of like the puzzles in the earlier mm -hmm. half of the game um but I think the biggest barrier for it is like picking up and moving objects and interacting with objects and manipulating the objects is kind of how you solve the puzzles and it just feels bad. Yeah, and it's also they don't they don't really go anywhere with it. Right? Like the mechanics you learn at the beginning are kind of the same mechanics you use to solve things all the way through to the end. Like the mm, mechanic never yeah. feels like it gets more interesting or more diverse or more um you know more nuanced you never learn to do more complex things with it it's just like the same mechanic all the way through and once you know how to do it you just, like it's just busy work to solve the puzzles yeah um, i think yeah, the, the, the deepest like, it... no go ahead they have this like cool space and like mechanics to play around with but they don't really play around with it they yeah yeah do i think some the basic deepest... puzzles the deepest it really goes is the the um, manipulating the size of objects by you know picking them up outside of the like dome or you know putting it inside the dome or you know moving it outside and getting it from the dome so that you have a smaller version like that's kind of the deepest that the actual meat of the puzzles gets. Yeah, um, and they do try and introduce a little bit of variation. Like, in one of the early levels, they have these crystals where there's, like, certain gates that you can only pass while you're holding one of the crystals. So you have to kind of figure out, like, the order of things. And that kind of felt like it was like, okay, here's, like, an incremental build on top of the original mechanic. 
that, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, now I have to consider, like, the order in which I shrink things and where I put things before I shrink them because I might need this thing later. And, um, but then that mechanic goes away and, like, nothing interesting comes back to replace it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the um... crystals had some, like, areas where I went in and went, like, this is impossible. You can't solve this. <laughs> and then you think about it and you manage to solve it and it feels good. Yeah. Yeah, you you generally you think about it and you look up and you realize, oh, up is the solution. <laughs> um, in in pretty much every instance in that section, like up is the solution. Um and usually there's there's like one where you have to drop the pink ball onto a ramp that is stopped by a blue like force field, yeah. and then you come back with the brute blue crystal, uh, and then it drops the pink ball where you need it, like yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. It's usually something being dropped from where it needs to be. Yeah, or uh, like, yeah, put a, put a thing on a slope and then run to get to the area before it reaches the bottom of the slope. And, like, that was kind of like, okay, I like, you're trying to do some advanced stuff with this. Like, this is fun. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think one of the major problems for me in terms of the gameplay is that uh, because of the way it's structured, where the goal is just get to whatever happens to be currently accessible, it's often, like, very not clear what you're supposed to be doing at mm -hmm. any given point. To the point where I probably... I think I have, like, a five-hour playtime on this, and at least, like, 30 to 40 minutes of that five-hour playtime was me trying to figure out how to do a thing that was not the thing I needed to do in the level. It was me misunderstanding what the goal of the level was. Yeah, um, there was also um in in that same section with the the crystals, there was one part of it where like oh you have to drop the pink crystal over here and then all of a sudden you have to platform. Uh, oh. That one that one fucking threw me off. I had to look that up. I was like, what the like? Cause that that there was there's like a rock formation that you have to use yeah. to get over the wall. And yeah, that's like very obviously what you need to do. But you can't but, jump onto it from the ground. You have to jump onto it from this walkway that wasn't there before. Yeah, and the platforming is so bad, it's not clear that it's technically possible that yeah. you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there shouldn't have been platforming in this game. It's not well implemented, and it just feels bad every time you have to do it. There there shouldn't have even been a jump in this game. <laughs> it's yeah. such a bad jump. Uh. Yep. Um, yeah, no, the the part that threw me off is there's a section uh, at the end of the chapter called The Wedge. Uh, and it's you, like, you get a key, and you open the door to a church. And, like, the there's, like, a big cutscene where it shows you, like, this bell at the top of the, the church, and it's, like, shining a bright beam down into the main area of the church. And then at, on the far end of the church, like, a door magically opens into a copy of, like, this little, uh, like, alcove that you know, is the, the character's, like, little secret space that they had together. Um, and so I, having seen, oh, hey, look, a door opened into a significant space. Clearly, I must do something in this space next. Like, that must be the next goal. There's a little window here. Mm -hmm. I bet I need to fit something through this little window to the other side. Um, and I spent so long trying to figure out, and actually what you have to do is go up and touch the bell. It has nothing to do with that little room. Yeah. 
And like I I in retrospect I see like they were very strongly trying to draw your attention to the bell like it it casts a huge beam of light it affects the soundscape of the area because it like tolls periodically mm-hmm. but you showed me a door you animated a door in front of me you can't like I walked into that room <laughs> like yeah they they and the worst thing is that they only put that room there because it is a refrain that shows up throughout the rest of the game. And they got to that yeah. chapter and were like, oh no, we got to put in the room. Yep. And I think you Why? go in there and you oh, like, because... maybe maybe you experience a cutscene there or something. I don't know if you even do. You might actually experience the cutscene right before it uh, right. and then not in there. But it, like, it felt like a complete red herring to me <laughs> to the point where I just told Kelso about it on, uh, yes, on the Discord. I'm that like, was a big help. I'm like, listen, Kelsa, let me save you some time. At the end of this <laughs> chapter, the goal is to touch the bell. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a big help. And it still took me a while to figure out that you have to touch the mini version of the bell yep. on the maquette. Because I, I was like, okay, do I put the stairs in here and get tiny and platform up the scaffolding? Like, what yep. do I, how do I get there? Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um... So yeah, some, it's some queuing problems. Some some queuing problems, and part of that is, I think, because the mechanics are so disconnected from the narrative, right? Because mm-hmm. if like if there was a very clear synergy, then the narrative could like point you to what your next goal was. But because the narrative has nothing to do in time or space with any of the things that you're experiencing, um, I mean. Arguably, I guess some of the spaces involved in the maquette are spaces from their lives. Maybe most of them are, but they only seem to have very limited relationship to what's being talked about in the story. The only one I can think of offhand that like really feels like it's uh, directly the spot referenced in the, that part of the narrative is when they like. There's a scene where they go to the guy goes to a party that's hosted by the girls. Uh, like friends but she's not there yet and he's like hanging out at the house without her and that looks like the that could be the house where that party took place like where you get that cutscene but oh, that pretty was much another, that was another dumb one sorry that that where he gets there and he gets mad because he thinks he's gotten friend zoned by her mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh yeah yes i mean there he, were he doesn't, he doesn't get mad mad exactly he gets very insecure about it but... i guess um but yeah he does make a he does like you know pull her aside so they can have a talk like can we talk about this yeah Yeah. Uh, i mean i guess there were like there were other locations that were directly referenced in the text but at at the end of the day it was basically all just window dressing um in the environments it was like oh we went to this cabin and decided we should buy a house so they're like the environment is some cabins um or i think the very first one is like a a version of the like castle or house that he was drawing in the sketchbook when they met oh um, yeah but and again, there's the little the little fair that they went to and stuff like that yeah yeah but at the end of the day you can't really do anything in most of these environments and they are just set dressing so yeah they're they're just i mean they're just shaped for the puzzles which is fine um but yeah, they don't. There was a, there is an opportunity there um, that you could have done some interesting environmental storytelling based on like what was in those spaces, 
that's mm-hmm. just a completely missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was thinking about like later on in the the wedge chapter, um, like one of the one of the you know puzzle objectives is you have to shrink yourself down and like turn on a a valve for like a radiator or some heating pipe or something, and like that has nothing to do with anything. Um, and then you go into like a crack in the wall and you find an item in a mousetrap. The, the key in a mousetrap. I'm like, what what does this have to do with anything besides it's just ominous because we're at the point where we're very clearly in a downswing in the relationship. Like what? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I guess, well, okay. Maybe if I'm gonna be really, really generous, you find the key to the church in the mousetrap and a an old timey historical like uh, disparaging name for getting married is called the Parsons Mousetrap. Um, no, but... that's a stretch. That's a that's stretch. a stretch. No, I know that is a stretch. <laughs> uh, and they don't they don't get married. Like they yeah. part of the thing like when they break up is the main characters lamenting like you know I realized we hadn't hung any pictures on the wall and we hadn't like put our names in our like on our mailbox slot and like. Uh, you know, was this whole thing really, like, that impermanent? And I'm like, well, yeah, clearly you guys weren't working to keep this relationship up. Like, yeah. if you if you let that shit slide, that's because, you know, you weren't interested in, in the relationship. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I don't know, it just seems like... I, I worry, this one, like... This one wasn't anyone's fault. You were just both too comfortable and didn't want to leave. Like... Yeah, I, I'm going to argue that it was either, like, fear of commitment that kept them apart, or um, they they are both manic tr- pixie dream characters, and they do not know how to have a real, real relationship after the initial, like, super romantic period fails. Yeah. Like, those to me are the most plausible. Although, again, the game does not really put forward any explanation. I'm a little worried that the game uh, thinks that, like, that that's the natural progress of a relationship, right? That, like, oh, if you don't, like, if it's not continually all, like, roses and romantic gestures, then your relationship is just doomed to peter out and, like, fall apart. And I'm like, that, I don't know if the game is, is saying that. It feels like it could be. And it's, that's, like, really not how relationships work long-term. Yeah, that was... I, I remember sort of having the same feeling um, about Florence as well, um, where they, they... the Like, the good parts of the relationship that you saw in Florence was all, like, we went somewhere and posted a bunch of pictures on Instagram, and then the bad parts of the relationship were, like, we were just hanging out together. I'm like, yeah, that's the, that's the good part. That's yeah. the part that you want. Yeah, the, like, going grocery shopping together, or, like, just doing separate things in the house at the same time like that's the good stuff yeah that's that's the goal baby yeah i think Um, they broke up because they spent too much time turning small objects into big objects and big objects into small objects you know maybe i've seen that happen a lot i work for a divorce lawyer so i i know how that happens you know metaphorically that might actually be hitting the nail right on the head yeah uh that's that's certainly like a better through line for a metaphor for the uh, mechanics than anything I came up with. So that's true. That's true. Carl, you did it. You cracked the code on this one. Um, I'm a genius. 
You are. <laughs> no, there was even the, uh, the like, there was the the big red flag. One of the big textual red flags for me was like, I thought that all of your quirks were so adorable. I'm like, oh no, uh 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 uh. And then later on, it was like your quirks started to annoy me. I'm like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how that works. And then he's like, well, I wasn't a saint either. I left empty seltzer cans or half-empty seltzer cans discarded throughout our house. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's such a non-issue. Like, yeah. guess, guess who does that? This is, um, this is my what, boyfriend, like... and I don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like part of the normal part and parcel of being in a relationship that if the relationship is working... Like, that's just a thing that you deal with. Yeah. Um, I read a, an interesting um, essay once about that that referred to it as uh, price of admission, um, where they're like, listen, when you're in a long-term relationship with someone, there's going to be a few habits of theirs that, like, will drive you absolutely bonkers that you will hate. Uh, but these things are the price of admission. Like, they are the price that you pay in order to access the rest of the relationship that you care about. And so it's up to you to decide when, you know, the price of admission is too high for what you're getting out of it. But, like, there is always going to be a price of admission. That's good. I like that a lot. And it's very, very true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. As soon as I saw the the line about your quirks being adorable, I was like, "Oh no, yeah, <laughs> this is this was doomed from the beginning." Yeah, and and uh, that was another thing that came up later on in the game when he's kind of in a bad space, reflecting on the past. He's like, "I didn't know if if there was any like if if we were just one productive talk away from fixing it, or if we were just never compatible." And I'm like, uh, "I kind of think you were never compatible." Uh, yeah, and you were just too blinkered to see it at the beginning, but yeah. yeah. Uh, pro pro relationship advice, folks. Uh, if your if your partner has like little quirks, uh, you don't have to pressure yourself to find them adorable, <laughs> right? Like, if you don't like them, that's fine. Again, it's up to you to decide if they're a thing you can live with, or like a thing that's like too much for you. But you don't have to force yourself to find to pretend to find them attractive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This I don't know. This feels like another, another like entry in the genre of uh, my first relationship didn't work out the way I hoped it did, and I was very upset by that. I had a real wake-up call. Um, yeah, it's like, we know. Yeah. We get it. We get it, yeah. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. The... Uh, I did like the... So, some some things that uh, that I did like about it. Um, the, the music scape of it was very unusual. Um, it, it was it a was little bit... It was so odd. It was it was a little bit on on the same like manic pixie dream vibes twee level uh, as as a lot of the story, but it was definitely like a very unusual choice for a game that I kind of respected. A lot of like weird like chill indie rock stuff, and I thought that the the like the the parts that occurred 
not at the beginning of a chapter. Like, the parts that were just background music. That mm-hmm. was fine. But every time they're like, okay, we've got a, a big song that we're going to play now, and you have to listen to the whole thing. I was like, oh god, no, I don't want to listen to this. This is not my jam. I don't think you oh. have to listen to the whole thing. It <laughs> usually it stops whenever you manage to figure out what to do next. Oh. Maybe I'm just uh, slow. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I don't want to listen to this song. I don't want to listen to these songs that you're playing that you're making me listen to. Um, uh, I just felt like sort of like the Life is Strange thing where they do that. But in that game, they do it very carefully when how to pace those moments. Mm. And here yeah, it felt it's... like it was quite random. Yeah, it's it's a... It's a problem that I have with um with film a lot too, where you you know when you get a director who um very flagrantly puts a lot of licensed music into the movie just because they can, and it really takes you out of the movie immediately. Yeah. And which is not to say that you can't like that. There's never a good reason or time to put in you know a very well recognized licensed song that they got the rights to, like in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but you gotta be careful and i i kind of lean towards the like trying to make everything as diegetic as possible if you're especially Mm. if you're doing that um and i know that's that's like a taste thing um but i also i'm not gonna lie i do feel like a little bit of disdain for (laughs) like the the kind of people that i imagine in my mind when i'm watching a movie and like oh that song I know that song. I like that song. I like this movie now, or this is fun. I'm having fun. Um, I know that's not a real person. That's like a, a thing that I've made up in my mind to get man. mad at. Yeah, I've, I, yes, this is a straw man that I have constructed so that I could get mad at it. Um, but I, st- I still do. So, um, I'm sure that person's out there, and I, I hope, I hope you're having a good time. And it seems yeah. like you probably are. So, yeah. Um. But I was I started this because I was listing things I like about the game. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, Sorry. that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, you are welcome to not like that part. Um, I, as I said, I liked the middle part uh, a lot with like the the levels that were a little bit like more linear and um, I mean I guess they were all linear, but like that were um, basically just the escape and the spiral mostly, uh, mm. and mostly the spiral in particular. Um, because I thought it had a lot of like good ludo narrative harmony in it, especially compared to the rest mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah. And I liked the way it felt like some of the puzzles were kind of breaking out of the box from that the previous level was holding them in. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's one where you have to kind of construct a ramp for yourself to climb a thing. And uh, like most of the other places, there's like, oh, you need to build a bridge here. There's a pretty clear like, spot where you put the thing that is the bridge, and, like, you know, that is the correct spot. And this felt more like, here's a bunch of wreckage. Like, I guess make something if you can. Yeah. Um, And, like, that was kind of a neat take that felt a little bit, again, more like, oh, the, you know, now he's, the relationship has fallen apart, he's in turmoil, he kind of, like, is just sifting through the wreckage of of his life and like what his emotions and like trying to make something make sense. And, you know, like it, it felt like the, the mechanics really started to pick up. There's also like that incredibly bullshit key puzzle in that level that like I hated while I was doing it, but in retrospect, I really kind of like, 
I liked it. I I like that one. Okay. I didn't struggle too much with it though. I I figured it out, and I think that's probably why I didn't think it was total bullshit. Yeah, um, I I I struggled with it for a while, and then I like started explaining it to Huck, and then I figured it out in the process of explaining it. Because I was like, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I tried this for argument's sake, and that ended up being the solution. Um, yeah. But I got yes. lucky because I looked up. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I did not notice there was a ledge there. Um, until I had placed the ramp. Um, mm. but the, yeah, so there's a, there's a puzzle where there's a, a key that you need to use to open a door, um, which you've seen a billion times before. And they give you a way to grow the key and shrink the key, but no matter how much you grow the key and shrink the key, it doesn't fit in the door and it doesn't fit in the door. And it, like, there, there's a line on the wall that was like, I started to wonder if we were ever a good fit. And like, like I'm like okay yes met this works as a metaphor for yes, me this like absolutely there's a door that's always you've always been able to open before and now like no matter what you do the key doesn't quite seem to fit in it like good good job game good metaphor um and what you have to actually do is make the key enormous and use it as a ramp in an entirely different room in order to find the hidden key that is actually the right size mm -hmm. yeah um, that was that was that was a good one. That one landed for me. Yeah. And if, if if all of the game had been at that level of, like, ludonarrative harmony and kind of cleverness, then I think it would have been a much better game. <laughs> yeah. Because then the puzzle immediately after that was the one where you've got those little blocks that you have to make a bridge out of. Oh, the like, the, like, the Tetris ones that have to work in two directions? Yeah. Yeah. That one was bullshit. I, that, like that. I feel like that one would have been really fun if you didn't have to traverse the first thing via platforming to check on whether the second one worked. Yeah. If you could see both outputs at the same time, uh, it would have been a lot better. And that was the only part of the game where they, it, which makes sense, and I appreciate that they make the, the pieces like snap to a grid, mm -hmm. but it just feels like the game is lagging when it's trying to snap to a grid when you're moving it. So that one was weird in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think the game just kind of had some issues with that, like making it actually work. Um, but yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think that there was one thing I think, Oh, I did. <laughs> I was like, how buggy was the game? Was it really buggy for the most part? No, except in the last level with the maquette. So I, I crashed the game twice. Uh, trying to pick yeah. up the, the the dome that I was in. I think at least once was because I was standing on the dome when I tried to pick it up. Yeah. And the game's like, I do not know how to deal with this and just crashed. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was I was thinking like, hmm, we're we're in a new a new environment here. Let's let's try to crash this or like do the thing that I would do is just pick a direction and walk for infinity. But at that point I was just kind of done and I didn't yeah, didn't actually they, try to do any of that stuff. They very helpfully, if you start to, like, walk out and you get to, like, the size where you're, like, small compared to everything in that last level, they very helpfully throw up a pop-up that says, like, if you, if you get, like, if you, you know, wander too far away and get lost, or, like, if you're trying to explore and get lost, you can hold down the F key to return to the dome. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you for that. Because yes. it's, there's a lot of this game is just walking. Is just like walking between two areas, and it's like 
You couldn't have given me a fucking sprint button, please. It does like auto sprint you. Eventually, yeah. Sometimes, if you which... if you if you've been walking in a straight line for a certain period of time, it will start you moving a little faster. But like, just give me a sprint button and make it even like a little faster than that, because especially when you're it tiny, like covering mm -hmm. ground takes a while and it's boring. You're not doing anything. You're just walking. One thing that and I and then didn't you realize notice... that you forgot a thing that you needed to take with you, and you have to go all the way back and then get the thing and then come all the way back again and. Yeah, one thing that I did notice is there there were times where I like hit the shift key just reflexively trying to make myself go faster, and yep. the shift key actually slows you down. Shift yeah. shift key is a is a slow walk key for some reason. Oh, um, no. That was weird to notice. <laughs> I don't know. Like it doesn't have anything to do with anything, but I was just very surprised to find that um, for some reason that's the case. In case uh, you need to walk along a ledge for your platforming in the game. I guess, yeah. Yeah, so I had a bug where I managed to put my crystal in the crystal section in an inaccessible place. Ooh. Like right at the end. And uh, the restart restarts from the whole section. Ooh. So I had yeah. to do every single crystal puzzle again. Oh no. I, that's weird to me because I was pretty sure the autosave because I crashed at one point or, or I I thought I had backed myself into a corner in the end of that section and I hadn't uh, but I did like uh, shit I'm gonna need to restart and the this autosave did didn't start me all the way at the beginning of the chapter it started me like immediately prior to whatever the puzzle was I was currently on uh, I wonder if the I game like failed to update a state for you or something yeah, or maybe there's... it's just that I needed to quit instead of restart. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know, because I think, I think they give you in the menus, they give you restart and restart from checkpoint, which mm. I don't know why you'd need both, um, <laughs> other than just to have them, but, eh. Um, yeah. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll say something nice about the game now. I'll say something nice. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciated that there were, like, very few times where I even worried that I had backed myself into a corner. Mm. Um, I, I, it felt like it was pretty like well thought out to the point where you can if if you are worried that you've done something wrong you can reverse it yeah so which, yeah that's you know it, in a game like this seems like it would be a kind of a concern yeah um, the only so. the only times i needed to restart were either the game crashed or i thought i had backed myself into a corner but it turned out i just didn't understand what the solution to the puzzle was yeah like yeah, oh same. i didn't i didn't know you could jump over that wall yeah <laughs> Yep. So there's a nice thing. I did it. I said yeah. a nice thing. I mean, it's. I'll say another nice thing. It's. It's a really pretty game. It's very. It's very yeah. gorgeous. Um. The it's the colorful. art. Yeah. The art, both three D and two D, is is very lovely. Um. Yeah. They yeah. managed to do a lot with a little, cause like they're not doing mm -hmm. any like real like custom shaders or anything like that. But it still mm -hmm. feels kind of like atmospheric, and it feels, you know, like warm and pleasant when it needs to and and sort of ominous when it needs to and like i think they do they do a lot with a little in terms of the visuals yes um that was the good thing now we can say bad things again <laughs> i mean we don't have to but um okay no but this annoyed me way too much i need okay, to say yeah. it no say it. it does it doesn't matter really but if you have a mouse button that picks up an item Please make it the same button that drops the item. 
Also, if no. you have an item that extends an item, yes. the item, please yeah. make it the same button to retract the item. Yes. Oh my god. So yeah. many times I went to drop a thing and I hit the, like, hold it close to your chest mouse button by mistake. Like, absolutely. That was, like, that felt backwards. That was impossible to, to get used to. Yeah, no, I have the exact same experience. Um, I really just flailed against the left mouse and right mouse constantly throughout this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They have a clear, like, set of, like, pick up, drop, extend, retract. Yeah. But they're on different buttons. Yeah, yeah, so it's, like, left, uh, yeah. It's left to pick up, right to extend... Uh, right to drop uh, when extended and left to draw back to your chest when extended. Which, yeah, yeah feels, like, very backwards. And so, like, I, it got to the point where, like, if there was something that it took me a second to precisely position, I sat and thought about what the controls were before dropping it just to make sure I didn't accidentally fuck up and not drop it. <laughs> Because then, because when you, if you pull it back to your chest, which you have to do to, like, move faster and stuff, um, it completely gets rid of any positioning data that you put, like, any rotations that you did or, like, moving it closer or further away. So, yeah. like, if, if it took you a while to get the thing the way you wanted it the, and you accidentally retract it, then you have to do that all again. And it's incredibly tedious. Yes. Yep. Incredibly tedious is a great word, or a great, great two words to use <laughs> to describe it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, if you want a, a better game about a relationship breakup, uh, play Florence. If you want a better game about, like, size-changing mechanics, play Superliminal. <laughs> right, yeah. like, it's, it's a shame that's... because I... I really That's wanted the... to like this game. I know, so did I. And like the, the real shame about it is, I mean, I think, I think I probably felt the most negatively about Florence, and I still think, yeah, play Florence instead of this. And I don't think any of us really thought that Superliminal was like great. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, it's play better. Superliminal instead of this. Like two yeah. games that that were not unanimously loved by us, and we're still like, now play those two games instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate but true. Yeah. It was very it was very promising. It has presents itself in a very good package, but ultimately it was just like not the game that I was hoping it was going to be. Yeah, same. Same. Uh but very pretty. We'll yeah. always have that. We'll always have that. We can look at the screenshots and think, "Man, what a pretty game this is." Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, Shall we talk about what we're playing next? Yes. Because it's kind Let's of exciting. That. Yeah, it is. I don't know oh. if, if you know this, but like the day that we're recording this, it's like two days away from being February. And that means, drum roll. I don't know if you can hear that. For in February, baby, we're doing it again this year. We don't do it every year. Um. But it's fun we've done when it we more do than it. once. Yeah, we've yeah, done, we've it, more done it more than once. And it's fun and we should do it more often. Yeah. It's yeah. it's also a really great excuse to clear out a bunch of short games that are maybe not long enough for an episode. Um 
just just knock them out knock them out two at a time baby and that's what we are doing yep um and um, you you may be saying two at a time but i thought it was four in february and yes because we do we do two podcasts in a month if we're on yeah, time if we're on time so yeah set first pair of games what you is have the first them? pair of games? <laughs> I'm, I'm scrolling up. Hang on. One uh, of them is gonna be uh, Frog Detective Three. Oh, I'm in the I'm in the wrong chat. That's why we're gonna do. Okay, so the games that we are doing next next episode are Frog Detective Three, and another game uh, called Marie's Room, which, which is which literally we just found because I googled an article that was like, what are the best really short games, <laughs> and this was recommended. Yeah. Um, from by I think it was thegamer.com. Um, uh, the gamer strikes again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, we know almost nothing about uh, about that game, but uh, uh, but it is free on Steam, and it is like probably not more than an hour long, so it's perfect yeah. for yeah. for what we need to do in the next two weeks. Yep. And we really wanted an excuse to play Frog Detective Three, but it's only like two hours, so. Uh, yeah. This gives us an excuse to play Frog Detective 3. Without having to wait for Frog Detective 4. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, so those are our next two games. Um, Frog Detective 3, uh, of course, made by um, the inimitable Grace Bruxner. Uh, sequel to Frog Detectives 1 and 2. We, we, yep. we did an episode on those. Um, and then uh, Marie's Room is a game by a developer called Like Charlie uh, that I don't know anything about. Let's see where they're from. Belgium. They're from Belgium. That's okay. that's what I know about them now by lo- by looking at Twitter. Here All we right. go. <laughs> so yeah. we will try those. They are, you know, both presumably games that you can play in one sitting. Uh, unless you have almost no time, then you might need to play Frog Detective in two sittings. Um, but <laughs> they're, yeah. uh, you know, if you haven't played uh, Frog Detectives 1 and 2, the first game is probably around an hour, and the second game is like maybe two hours, um, and this one's like maybe two hours. So like, they're they're shorter than most movies that you go to see. Yeah, they're um, short, and you. I'm looking at the adorable. Steam page. I'm looking at the Steam page right now. You can buy all three of them for thirteen dollars and forty seven cents uh, American dollar. So yeah. that's that's like that's not a bad price for yeah a all, few all... hours. All three of them for less than the price of going to see a movie in theaters. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, I don't think you're going to see a movie that's this this cute. Just saying. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. This will give you more joy. So, do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the plan for next week and then we'll announce the last two short games when we hopefully on time record in, again in 2 weeks. And that's fine. We can we can do four in February and March. That's okay. If need that's be. not a problem. Yeah. I, I yeah. Knock on wood. We're not going to need to. But we can there do it five is. in that time. Yeah, we'll see. We could. We could. Yeah, maybe we'll just throw throw in a secret extra game. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, fro- uh, I was going to say Frog Fractions. Frog Detective uh, One and Two is your secret bonus game. Also play those if you haven't played them. Yeah. Yeah, we did there, an episode might of be, those at some there point. There might so, be important yeah. backstory um, that you need to know for for Frog Detective Three. We don't know, so yeah, I think I think the backstory is uh, who is Frog Detective. 
He's a frog, and he's a detective. Yeah. He's, he's See, the second, we only he's the know second that. best detective after Lobster Cop. We only know that because we played the first two games. So yeah, that's what true. you're missing out on if you haven't played them. Um, anyway, I think, I think uh, it's time for plugs. So yes. you can find the podcast on Twitter. I Twitter's not dead yet. No. So I still trucking along. I think it's still trucking along. Yeah. Um, because I don't, I don't think enough people are gonna be not lazy enough to jump ship to any other platform to make that platform a viable alternative. That's just what happens when your platform gets big. Whoops. Um, but yeah, you can still find us on Twitter at Feedback Force. Uh, you can still find me on Twitter, kind of. I'm not really there anymore, but I am. But I'm not uh, at Kelso Time Bomb. So that's 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 where that is. All of that stuff. I was gonna say you stay still alive, but I don't think I don't know if any of us really check our personal Twitters anymore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you can find me theoretically on Twitter uh, at Kyla underscore Go, or more likely, um, you can find me on Tumblr. Uh, at cage tiger with a k dot tumblr dot com, um, uh, or if you want to see my uh, my Instagram where it's all just pictures of my pet gecko Escher, um, then that's uh, uh, what is that? Kyla Fury. I think it's I, Kyla Fury. Is it, or is it Kyla? Uh, it's Kyla Gorman Fury. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I have it. I have it somewhere, but yes. God, I, I use uh, Instagram even less than anything else. So. <laughs> it's mostly just if you want to know what my gecko looks like, because um, even I've like I'm very behind on posting pictures of him, um, but there are plenty of pictures already there. Um, so if you want to, if you want to see pictures of Escher, uh, go to Instagram and look for Kyla Gorman Fury. Uh, and if you really like, are, are interested in uh stuff i do and you think that like i have been uh funny and or insightful on this podcast then you should really play the game that i wrote like that's the important part uh and that is wintermore tactics club and you can find that in uh most game stores yeah it's a good game you should play it you should play it and i'm i'm carl you can find me on twitter at skug3 okay you kind of I was going to say, do you, do you ever check that one? Yeah, I pop in sometimes. Yeah. Like some cool art shit. Yep. Yeah, I pretty much, like, occasionally, like, maybe, like, once every week or two, log in, check my notifications, discover they are all notifications letting me know that somebody else has posted a thing that I don't care about, and then I log out again. Um, yeah. That's my current Twitter experience. Yeah, I, I, my current Twitter experience is I still always have a tweet deck tab open and I scroll through and it's mostly art because that's, I mostly follow artists. Um, and then that's all I, I look at it. It's, I look at the Twitter. I mean, you can it. do that. You can do that on Tumblr too. You can, there's a lot of great artists to follow on Tumblr. Just saying. Kyla, here's the thing. I missed the Tumblr train like the first time around when it was actually cool and I, I have a Tumblr. I have two Tumblrs, actually. One of them's a secret. Um, but they're both technically secrets because nobody knows about either of them. Uh, I don't... Tumblr's scary, man. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't there's, know how Tumblr works. It's there's confusing. A whole, there's a whole bunch of posts that have been going around on Tumblr lately that are like, hey, are you new to Tumblr because you just jumped ship from Twitter? Here's what you should do to, like, enjoy Tumblr. <laughs> so okay. now's a good time to join. 
Okay. Up on Demon Dark. <laughs> yes, yeah, Carl. Yeah. Dust off your fur affinity account. Um, yep. Excuse me? No. I don't know if I ever made a fur affinity account, but I'm like aware of the existence of fur affinity. Yeah. God, I had one at one point. Not that I was ever really big into it, but it's a good, yeah. it's just, it's a good community, especially if you're an artist. Like, everybody's, well, everybody's so nice in the furry community. I was gonna it's say, great. I've heard, I've heard only positive things about the furry community. So. Yeah. yeah, they're good. They're good people. And wolves and uh, other animals. That's and the only kind of animal I could think dragons. of right now. Yeah. And no, dragons, it's a, yeah. We, uh, I think it's something like, uh... 60 or 70 percent of uh of all personas are wolves um we, uh, mike and i did this research for wintermore because nice. uh we you know we were doing the uh we had a club that was essentially like the furries club uh yeah. in the game and so we were like we should know about like you know who are furries what is their whole deal and we found that yeah like maybe it was like they are like furries are like 70% mammals and like of that like the vast majority is wolves or like the you know like greater than 50% is wolves well i will tell oh, look here's some secret kelso lore we're at the end of the podcast probably only, only the true listeners <laughs> yeah, only the true believers are still here uh, my persona was a rat oh nice so there's that uh yeah <laughs> i mean i had i had 3 uh no four, uh that Ooh. were they were they were technically my muses, um mm. not not me but they were also just like me with uh like animal ears basically. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they were uh a tiger, a fox, and a dragon. And then there was a like a secret evil one that was a scorpion. Ooh ooh. You got like the the Freudian like the id the ego and the super ego in there. Yeah, I mean to be fair, a lot of this like it's because uh, Tiger is my uh, Chinese zodiac and Scorpio is my Western zodiac. Yeah, so, that's fair. Um, and you know mine, I really like dragons was, and foxes. Mine was rat because I like rat. I had rat at time. Um, I, totally I identify fair. with the rat. <laughs> so that's totally fair. <laughs> yeah. No, no wolves in this house. Carl, tell us about your fursona. I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we've probably overstayed our welcome, so yeah, we will no, see it's... you. <laughs> I, I just I mentioned the research thing mostly because uh, there we we literally put a joke in a, about that where like if you don't um, if you don't use Jacob enough, so there's a scene where like the um, if you spy on the furry club they uh they like ponder what animals everyone is uh and if you haven't used uh jacob enough to get like the animal that you know is associated with him they they say wolf by default okay wolf by default and that is where that comes from is that oh, that's research good. that's good uh yeah anyway that's secret wintermore research yeah secret wintermore lore for you there nice Hell behind yeah. the scenes info anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be back in ostensibly two weeks um, with Frog Detective Three and uh, Marie's room, and we'll see you there if you if you have held on through secret furry talk <laughs> to the end of the episode. Um, yeah, thank, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you genuinely. <laughs> thanks.
Absolutely. Uh, have a good weeks weeks ahead, and bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.